Hi, and welcome back to the Relatively Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lady. I'm a freelance digital marketer and advocate for continued learning and self-development. This podcast is for anyone looking to learn from their peers about the lessons and growth from vulnerabilities, struggles, and adversity they faced in life. Today's episode is with a fierce woman whose main mission in life is to empower as many people as possible to take control of their decisions and direction in life. She is passionate about assisting other domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. Ladies and gentlemen, Angela Nice. Angela, how's it going? Going good. How are you? I'm awesome. Um, thanks for coming on today. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Olympia, Washington. Olympia, Washington. Uh, Washington is home for how long now? Um, I've lived in Washington for a total of... About three and a half years with a little hiatus, or hiatus in California. Oh, okay, so you you were in Washington before you moved to California for a bit. Now you're back. Yes, right. Cool. I'm originally from Iowa, though. Okay, right on. Uh, what brought you to Washington the first time? Was it job or school or relationship? It was or? actually a past relationship. Okay, right on. And then you moved to California for just for funsies? Or another relationship. relationship. Another past relationship. Nice. And then you moved back to Washington. For myself. Good. Nice. And then so what um what are you doing in Washington? What what occupies your time? So I work full time. Um have a pretty good job. Very happy about that. Um my other time is taken up with Muay Thai and volunteering for um, domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. Awesome. Um, Muay Thai is not a super common thing for a lot of people. Can you uh, briefly explain what Muay Thai is? So Muay Thai is also called the art of eight limbs. Um, If anyone's ever seen a UFC fight, it's basically the stand-up portion, not the ground portion. Got it. Okay. So it's a lot of like, you said eight limbs. So it's not just like, using your upper body and like hands and grappling, but it's also like feet um, and like leg locks or feet locks and stuff too. I don't know the technical terminology. Yeah. It's arms, elbows, knees, and legs. Oh, and then two, two of each. So eight. Right. Nice. Okay, cool. So you've been doing that and you've um, doing that recently again, but you used to do it as well. You had a hiatus from that. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. Uh, four so it, years ago, I used to train four hours a day, wow. four days a week. Whoa, that's a lot of time. So, it was. so this is like a serious hobby. Also, like workout too, like a little bit of both. Yes, it also just really helps you to feel very empowered and very strong, um, yeah. especially when you're semi decent at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, always want to make sure you can take care of yourself and protect yourself and feel comfortable with that, mm-hmm. um, aspect as well. Um, and so, so that's the Muay Thai. And then the other thing you mentioned was volunteering. Um, and so in Sacramento, there was this, we have an organization called weave, which is, you were looking into before you moved. Um, is that similar to the organization in a way that you're volunteering at? It is. They both have very similar programs in assisting domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. I think um, the only difference is the one up here in Washington is more focused on domestic violence survivors. 
Mm. Um, down there, there was a lot of focus on sexual assault as well. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, and so besides volunteering being like, you know, a good thing to do as a human, but what, why are you volunteering for this specific organization or for this cause? Um, cause it has unfortunately, but fortunately affected me. And I say fortunately because it's given me my path in life. It has helped determine what I want to do in life, which is get my master's degree in marriage family therapy. And I feel like it means more when you're helping someone in a similar situation. If they know you've been in that situation, you're not coming from just a place of looking from basically the outside in. You've actually been there. So you can understand it. It's very gray. It's not black and white like a lot of people believe. Mm -hmm. And so having experienced it yourself or been in similar situations, you're coming with a little bit more empathy and sympathy rather than just, this is what the textbook said. This is what like the research and data shows, right? Like you're coming at it right. with a more personal touch and angle, which will hopefully, and I think it really will help you and help the people you end up helping connect with you more. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's cool that you found that passion. But um, again, you said fortunately for that part. But the unfortunate thing is that mm -hmm. it did happen. Yes. And so um, would you like to give like a general context of what happened? And then uh, we can kind of move on from there. Yeah. So I was in a relationship for six years. Um, unfortunately, it took me that long to realize things were actually that bad. And what really helped me realize things were that bad, like I knew something was off, but not being educated on domestic violence or anything. It's like, you think the problem is you. Um, mm. So it was in a couple of years ago, I actually went to an advocate and I spoke with her and she showed me this power and control wheel. And it was then that I realized that I was actually being controlled. It took someone looking from the outside, like to kind of talk me through everything. And it hit me like in the face then. And so we came up with a safety plan. Um, and wow. then uh, for fortunately, I was able to leave. Um, but it's like, even though they, eh, like the person, it was like, it was physical, it was emotional. Um, and it was also um, sexual abuse too. Yeah. So Fudge. you don't want to believe that something like that can happen to you. But but it did, and it's yes. pretty and it's pretty common. In my, in my understanding, um, statistically, it happens to one in three women, and I'm just speaking for the women since that's more of what I know. Yeah. Um, I know I know it happens to men too. I will. One say in three is yeah. One in three is way too high, and that's right for for um, any kind of abuse. That's not just pertaining to one of those you mentioned, right? Just Right. There's also uh, financial abuse. There's other ways to be abused, um, technological mm -hmm. abuse. Yeah. Wow. So six years in this, and um, you're in your late 20s. And so six years, even when whatever this was, 
this was that's a decent amount of time. That's twenty percent ish of your life, and like it took you that long to right like find out and know and like be educated enough to know what was happening. Mm-hmm. That's why another. I think another factor in it is, um, unfortunately, it was also abused as a child for many mm. years. So it's actually very common to have been abused as a child and then get into a domestic violence relationship, even though none of my prior relationships to that had been domestic violence at all. Okay. So it's kind of an interesting, um, it's a complicated scenario. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not well-versed in no, but, and you, so like, if you're abused as a child, is it more likely that you just accept that as normal behavior, like later on with other kind of relationships or even friendships? You can, I know for me, I've done a lot of like soul searching. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have self-love. And so I was always looking for love somewhere else. Mm. And so I, I know that that is why it's like, oh, like this person loves me. Like I'm going to keep them. Um, yeah. But that's not love. Like you don't know what love is until you know what it's not. Right. And in your case and, and with many other people's cases too, it took a wheel and like these, just someone else that you don't really know to like explain it to you. And there's different phases right. and different factors and like levels of severity of it. Right. Right. And that's the key to it, too, for empowering other people. They have to come to that realization on their own. You can't Mm. tell them to leave. You have to just show them the resources, like give them the resources, like the power and control wheel is a great resource. Mm -hmm. And be like, I can tell you what domestic violence is. I I can't tell you what you're experiencing. But if this sounds like what you're experiencing, then you might be experiencing domestic violence. But you have to come to that conclusion on your own. That's empowerment. Right. Okay. So, okay. Wow. Yeah. So if someone, if friends or even family, like, I don't know if they did or not in your situation, in your case, they came to you like, he's abusing you. It would, maybe it wasn't as clear as that. So even if they did say that, it wouldn't be the same effect as you coming to that conclusion and that Mm was that thought yourself. Right. Right. Because in my situation, you're protecting the other person because you're embarrassed and you feel isolated. And there were some family members that actually saw things happen and they would bring it up. But you're also not in the capacity to actually listen to someone else. It takes you actually determining your own situation mm. to eventually do something about it. Because if you don't want to do something, you're not going to be able to do it. Right. Especially... It's so it's so hard, I'd imagine, because this is your like significant other. Like this is your human. This is someone you spend a lot of time with, you share everything with and in terms of feelings and communication and even time and activities and hobbies. And like it's it's maybe part of it is just like you don't want to accept that it's true, even though it can be. Like that's really hard. It's kind of like the five stages of grief too. Mm. Like you're in denial and eventually you have to get to acceptance. And then that's kind of where I'm going to call it magic. That's where the magic happens and you're finally able to leave. Yeah. Um, It's complicated because you're also really afraid to leave. You're afraid of what's going to happen. It's really common. And I know in my situation too, 
they'll say like nobody else is ever going to want you like they're breaking you down so that way you have no self-esteem if you don't have self-esteem then you don't believe in yourself mm-hmm. it's like a giant circle and there's also a cycle of abuse mm-hmm. something will happen they'll explode and then it goes back to the honeymoon phase they'll try and make up for it and then something will happen and then they'll explode and it just continues so also known as like crazy making mm-hmm. wow um yeah that point you brought up that they start to then like break you down so that you don't have self-esteem and uh power to leave because they don't have any self-esteem and they have a lot of shit going on if they're they're the ones abusing you that they don't want to they don't want to be alone even though they're being a piece of shit generally like dang yeah i I've come to the belief that people who abuse other people are incredibly insecure themselves. Yes. That's definitely what it seems like. And it could be in many different ways, as you mentioned earlier, different forms of abuse, but, um, wow. So yeah, you go to the advocate, you, you get the shown the, um, empowerment wheel. Um, is it called Wheel of empowerment or, that is the power and control wheel. The power and control wheel. So mm-hmm. you get shown this, you realize that you're like, okay, this is this is a real thing, this is happening to me, and it has been. What how did you take that next step? I know you said you left that fortunately you're able to without too much problem, it seemed like. So like how were you able to leave and what did those next steps look like? Um, I knew that they were going to be gone for a period of time. And that was my window to leave. The most dangerous time in a domestic violence relationship is actually when you're leaving. It's incredibly dangerous. Um, And I also know that on average, it does take a person seven times to leave. For me, I'm like, if I do not leave the first time, if they find out how close I got, it's going to be horrible. Um, So I cannot imagine what it's like when you don't um, fully get out the first Mm -hmm. time because then it's just going to be even more controlling because they're going to see how far you got and they're going to just try and restrain you even further. You'll have even less freedom, less than the freedoms that you potentially had. Um, So I was fortunate in that I knew that there was a specific time window that I could leave. So I counted down and it was actually 121 days that I counted down. And during that time, I journaled everything that happened to me daily. And for me, that was so helpful when I was like questioning, should I still leave? Like, because it's so gray. Mm -hmm. Like people will be like, why can't you leave? Like, why doesn't she leave? Why doesn't he leave? Because that's, your person like you think maybe you can't find anyone else your self-esteem is just gone you think you're unworthy maybe you think Mm -hmm. you deserve it which i will clarify nobody deserves that um so it took reading back through some of those worst days and i was like yes okay i'm doing the right thing because that was horrible absolutely horrible um For me, I know I was criticized on literally everything. Uh, I can give a specific example that 
people might find it funny, might not find it funny. Waffles, like there was a day, like I couldn't even eat waffles right because I put the syrup on top of my waffles, not on the side. So me not dipping my waffles in the syrup meant I was eating the waffles wrong. But you do put syrup on top of waffles. And yeah, some on the side, like you do both. Anyway, see, there's that's just literally bizarre. every everything. Yeah, it's like every it's little like, thing from syrup on how to eat a breakfast food. Right. Wow. So, yep. uh, so for a couple things, I'm gonna recap and clarify. 121 days ahead of time, you knew that this was coming up. So that's four-ish months, like almost right on four months. That's a long, that's a, there's no times before that. Like you could, there's no window before that, right? That was like the first available window. Yeah. Wow. So 121 days. That's a long time. It was. Four months. I, I wasn't working at the time either. And I knew I had to be able to sustain myself and my cats. Like that's my familia. So yeah, yeah. you got to take care of the fur kitties. Right. I I don't know what I would have done without them. Yeah. They're like my one constant. They were like always there for me because I was isolated. Mm-hmm. But I had my cat. Yeah. So and then I think the journal thing, whether it was a resource you were told or uh, advice you were given or you just decided to do it yourself, I think is really huge part of it. And you alluded to it and even mentioned it briefly that you did ha- go back and have to read those days because... Mm-hmm. There was probably some snippets of time in little flashes and brief moments. You're like, oh, he is like a decent person or did this decent thing. And like you kind of you like you mentioned, like going back to the honeymoon phase and then kind of back and forth. So I think the journal thing is huge. Uh, Would you agree that's like that was a huge thing? Because like you wrote it down. That's a fact. Like that thing happened. There's no like second guessing in your mind. Right. Right. And it's also like some of the things were just so crazy. You're like, there's no way that happened, but it did happen because you wrote it down the day that it happened. Yeah. And so you like, it's not uncommon to put on rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would tend to do. Cause I want to see the good. Um, I also tend to be a bit more of an em- empathic kind of person um, or empathetic person. Yeah. yeah. So it's not uncommon for those kinds of people to doubt that, you know, there is bad in that person. Like you just want to believe the good. Quick message from one of my sponsors, Anchor. Anchor is the platform I use to host my podcast on. It is so free and so easy to use. As a chronic overthinker and over-researcher, I usually over-analyze everything before making a decision. Anchor was a clear choice for me and helped my podcast get off the ground quickly. It'll distribute your podcast for you so your audience can listen on their favorite platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You do not need fancy equipment or software. You can literally record and edit podcasts within the app on your phone or computer. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required. If you've been wanting to start your own podcast, I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, okay. So you planned it out. You have the journal. You're going back to it. It's days you're increasing, like encroaching on that, 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 the deadline, the timeline. 
Um, mm-hmm. Were you moving back? Were you moving with it with a friend, like back to home with parents? Like, what was the next step? Like, how were you getting out? Mm-hmm. So I don't have family support. Um, I have family. However, they knew about my situation and um, they, none of them came to help me. Like they were all in Iowa and none of them. Yeah. Anyway, wow, wow. <laughs> that's kind of a yeah. tough thing to talk about, but yeah. I was fortunate enough in that I was able to get a job after not working for about two years and like three months. And I met one of the most amazing people of my life ever um, at my job. And she was actually there for me the day I found out that in that relationship, I had been cheated on in the worst way. Um, That was really hard. I found out at work. I was Mm -hmm. bawling. Mm -hmm. And I'd only known her for a week at that point. She's like, hey, do you need to step out in the hall? Like to talk? I'm like, yes. And I just broke down and I told her everything. And the craziest thing is that her birthday is the last day that he could physically touch me. Like, it's profound. Yeah. <laughs> so she actually came and helped me move. She came with her boyfriend at the time who I'd never met. And she came with her dad at the time who I also had never met. And Whoa. this was a month, a month after I'd met her. And they helped me move out into an apartment on my own. Wow. That. Those. That girl is. And her boyfriend and dad. And like she. That goes to show that like she's just amazing. And like whether the dad and brother. uh, Sorry. Dad and boyfriend are like that awesome themselves. They are. But like for her to like even like get them convince them or even tell like that's just so cool that like that happened that you right. had these relatively, like you said, strangers within one month. And like those two were that day. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. So it's so, been like two and a half years now. And her uh-huh. dad calls me his daughter and <laughs> her husband and her and I were like the three musketeers. And they actually flew down to Sacramento and helped me move back up here. Whoa. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. So that's, that's family. Yeah, that is familiar mm-hmm. for sure. Wow. So you got out, you got to the apartment, they helped you out. They're awesome. Um, oh, God. This is just so like crazy to me. And like, I don't want to get too, too, too touchy, but like, how was it just going to work and like trying to be normal? Or were you even trying to be normal? Or did you just kind of like, how did you process the next phase? Um, for me, I, I couldn't be normal. Uh, I was in and out for like um, protection order hearings, um, meeting with criminal investigators, uh, meeting with prosecution teams. There was a lot of moving parts. Yeah. So, and a lot of times I found out information at work. Um, and I was also managing a divorce at that time. So then I had those proceedings. So wow. I I couldn't necessarily be normal, but I just really focused on my work when I could. Um, 
was kind of a crazy time at work. There's supposed to be like three of me in the position. There's only one. So I worked a lot of overtime, which took my mind off stuff going on outside of work. Yeah. But then I also had my best friend there who I had just met mm-hmm. for about a month. And then she ended up leaving. But then I learned to trust other people. Yeah. Which which I'm sure is just incredibly difficult after having someone you lived with and like trusted so deeply mm-hmm. for six years. So that's, that's incredible. Did so after all the like legal things and investigations and filings, um, did you was part of the, um, path of recovery and growth afterwards? Did that include things like therapy and counseling? Um, afterwards, uh, I did meet with someone and that was really helpful um, because I didn't love myself and the outcome of all the proceedings was not good, which is not uncommon at all. Um, wow. A lot of people are not educated on it and it's a very complex dynamic. So that outcome is unfortunately very common. Wow. So even after all this and you had all this evidence and like it wasn't enough or what, and like the outcome wasn't what you wanted. Right. Damn. Yeah. Um, I think that was probably the most brutal part. Yeah. After all this, you took all the steps you could, you like, you got out, you're like, you're, you're like in the right clear, you're in the clear, so to speak. And like, light at the end of the tunnel and then it's just like wasn't there fudge i was in the room when that determination was told and i kind of wish i could forget about that yeah wow wow but like i know i stayed true to me like i maintained my integrity i was completely honest completely transparent um, and I mean, I, I still am like, cause that's my story. Like that is what happened. And I'm not going to be, I guess, played out to be a liar, like integrity first. Yeah, totally. So, wow. So then you are on your path to getting over that and recovering. I don't even want to say getting over it. I don't know if you ever fully can throughout life. Um, that's just insane. Um, it's like super difficult, but having this happened, this sparked an interest and a passion for you to try to help other people that going through these similar situations, right? It did. Um, I know that afterwards just talking to someone about kind of self-love and it's like, well, okay, why, why do these things keep happening? Like what is the common denominator, which it's not blaming the victim. Looks like it's not blaming you, which I tend to not call myself a victim. Like I prefer survivor. Mm-hmm. Stronger word. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, like dig deep. It's it's all about self love. Like you need to love yourself and you need to know what you're worth. And there were so many red flags along the way. But I ignored them, and it's because I didn't love myself. So it's like you have to learn how to 
to love yourself, to take care of yourself. And once you do that, then everything pretty much falls into place like it did when I chose to move back to Washington. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's hard to rely on someone else to help, help either fulfill or increase that self-esteem to an acceptable level. Um, So having it come from within is a huge lesson that I'm glad you've learned and I'm still learning and, Um, so many other people can take away from that as well. Um, and it's not even necessarily, you have to be perfect on your own and you have to be happy and amazing before you can seek out other people. But would you say that like, is there even like a baseline level or like things you have to do? Or is it kind of like more up in the air of like your self-esteem level should be, or self-love level should be a certain amount? I feel like as long as you're comfortable being alone, mm-hmm. then I feel like you definitely have a healthy amount of self-love. If you're not comfortable in your own silence or like your own presence and you always want to be occupied by someone else, then you don't like your own company. Right. And that's not necessarily just with relationships or significant others. It could be like you always have to be with friends too, right? And you're always seeking out other people. And and this is like extreme examples, but like, and that's not to say you can't hang out with friends. Like, it's cool. Go see your friends and people you love as much as you can and want to or are able to. But if you literally can't be alone, right? Or like you literally can't, uh, then that's what, yeah, I agree. It's like a similar, similar feeling because it's, mm-hmm. there's always nuances for every situation, but I think that's pretty a pretty good um, understanding there. So then um, you want to help other survivors and you're going back to school, like you said earlier for your master's. And what is that going to be in exactly? Uh, Marriage family therapy. And I want to focus on um, assisting trauma survivors. Um, But marriage family therapy is also one of the most diverse Mm -hmm. um, like counseling degrees you can get. So you can do individual counseling, like couples counseling, pretty much endless. Cool. Um, and you, I think you said you're starting that up in uh, starting next year. Yep. Next fall. Next fall. Awesome. And that's by you where you're at right now or do you have to move again? It's by me. Oh, cool. I don't even want to better. move again. <laughs> even better. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you'll be able to... Um, work while you're going to school or like work part-time or full-time still or I will still be working full-time okay wow that's quite the challenge but yeah um you've been through hard hard things so I'm sure you can get through that too yeah. um and it's probably like what a two-year program or is it like three or four it should take about three years three okay okay mm-hmm. cool um so while you're not technically licensed or certified yet, what what can you like tell someone who may be experiencing this, whether it's advice or resources um, to help them get educated? Because I think that's what it, for me from what I took away was you can't tell someone they're being abused, 
but you can tell them and help them get educated, right? So, right. so you, right. you can't tell them they're being abused. You can tell them what abuse is. Mm-hmm. And if they think that that applies to them, then most likely they will come to the realization that I'm being abused, like that they're being abused. Mm-hmm. And once so, they realize that and accept that, then they can take the steps to either leave or if they choose to stay because you can't make anyone leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have to be understanding of that. They can at least create a safety plan. So that way, if something significant does happen, they have a safety plan. And hopefully that helps to keep them safer than they would be had they not had a safe plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so what is like, what is a good website or like organization or like what could someone like go to or either go online uh, depending on their level of uh, access that they have and time that they have, you know, um, like a website or like somewhere they can go visit. So I think the best thing, at least for me, was actually seeing an advocate in person because you get that face to face and you can see the other person's reaction as you're telling them things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when somebody else has like a whoa, like just kind of look on their face, like they're in shock. They're like, they can't believe that you've gone through this. You can't ignore that. Right. Um, so a lot of cities have local resources or local like domestic violence shelters, or a lot of them have advocates. Um, so basically you would just need to do like a quick Google search for like domestic violence advocacy in like the local city, like closest to them. Gotcha. So then you still have to be careful depending on the level of abuse and type of abuse. If your Google search history or your internet searches are being monitored uh, to find those local shelters, right? You do. Um, I think in those situations, um, a lot of times the person being abused specifically, if they're a woman, they often do a lot of the grocery shopping um, and sometimes they are able to go alone. So if you're able to grocery shop quickly and then maybe you can go to like a local library to do a Google search. Um, if you're also being, I guess, stalked via your GPS, like on your phone or car or something, if there is a regular um, checkout person who you see every time you go grocery shopping, maybe you can confide in them and they're able to look up the resources and then the next time they can slip you a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. With so, the resources on it. So that be, way, be sure. there's no way they'll know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really creative. And hopefully, um, hopefully people will be willing to help and do that. I'd imagine so. Um, right. So that's, that's really interesting and good point to bring up. Um, so after all this, um, and you're still improving and growing and loving yourself even more each day, but what was like the few main lessons or takeaways from, from all this? Um, really just to love yourself. Um, because if you love yourself, you're not going to let someone treat you poorly. You won't like even in dating, if you go on a date and you notice some red flags, you're like, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to deal with that. And that's because you respect yourself. 
So you basically force other people to respect you. And if they don't, you're like, I'm out. Like, bye. They're not worth your time. Right. So sum it all up. Love yourself. Like, that's that's the yeah. gold target. And that's like, that's it's the, the most. Like, I think it's the most important kind of love that you can have. That's like your one true love. Yeah. You will never leave you. If yep. you believe you can do something, like you can do it. You'll always be with yourself until the day you die and everyone else comes and goes. Literally, and even, unfortunately, even our cats and dogs and all those too. So I don't uh, want to think about that, but yeah. <laughs> no, never want to think about that. But, but um, the more you love yourself, I'd imagine the more love you have to give to. So it really does, like once you take care of yourself, put on your own oxygen mask, so to speak. And then you then you can help out other people, right? So right. If you're not whole yourself, how can you give to someone else? It's right. And then it's just pieces and fragmented and segments and right. It's just not good for anyone. Um so moving on to that one thing, I asked my guests if they could talk to everyone in the world via video a text message, an image, or a quote, whatever the medium, you say, you tell them that one thing. It's your life truth. It's a lesson or takeaway, even something like love yourself. Um, anything like that you would want to share. What's that one thing? Mm-hmm. So it's actually profound that you're asking that because I had a motivational quote from an app that I use um, pop up on my phone today. And I'm like, that is so me and it is so true. And if you apply it to everything that you do, you're never going to fail. Like you will just keep trying. And I don't think you can fail if you keep trying. If you keep pushing, you're going to succeed eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is every morning you have two choices. Continue to sleep with your dreams or wake up and chase them. Wow. that That's killer. It is. And so, and that was today that it popped. It was. It did. Amazing timing. <laughs> um, so instead of sleeping with your dreams, get up and chase them. So even, I think that's, that's awesome because even if you chase your dream, you're trying and going after it. And whether you get it or not, that's better than what if. Right. You put a what in motion. You can't, you can't regret it. Cause like you're trying, like you're going for something and no one's going to stop you. Like when you want something that bad, you're going to get it. And and only you can stop yourself. And even if you don't end up getting that original dream or goal, you're, you've moved along and you've progressed and you've tried and you might find something else that's even cooler or more or different or something else you're interested in. So, Right. I mean, you can turn, I'm going to quote again. <laughs> <laughs> lemons, lemons into lemonade, which is how I view my situation. Like what happened to me? Right. Wow. That's powerful. That's awesome. Um, thanks again for coming on and sharing with us. It was very vulnerable. That was not relatively vulnerable. That was very vulnerable. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Uh, if anyone wants to uh, reach out to you, and talk to you afterwards, after they listen to this awesome episode, where can they find you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at, so, you know, the at sign, 
uh, adventurer, Angela. Um, what kind of content do you have on there? If you don't mind me asking that I follow you, but for the people listening, you do. Um, so I sing, I do a lot of hiking. Um, I'm getting back into mountaineering. Um, you know, I got to get the little fluff off first. <laughs> um, my cats, of course. <laughs> of course. Wow. That's... Um, and motivational speaking, sort of. Good positivity vibes and empowering. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got, yeah, I've seen all those um from you so that's really cool so give angela a follow or a message um uh thanks again for coming on and make sure you guys uh let us know what you thought of the episode like and subscribe and leave a review um thanks again angela thank you for having me yep have a good day you too thanks for listening if you like the podcast please share it then leave a rating and review if you haven't already have an awesome day